Right at the Fork is supported by Portland Food and Drink.com, Portland's original restaurant review and news blog, presented by Food Dude, your source for everything you need to know in the Portland food and beverage world. Check in today at PortlandFoodandDrink.com and by Chew Dining Club. Chew is about connecting passionate chefs with passionate food lovers. The Chew mobile app provides a way for you to access a community of food lovers, chefs, and special events in our unique food community. Download the app today on iTunes or Google Play. Is another day, another round of right at the fork. I almost said here at here at where? Well, we recorded Alpha Media. No, we do record Alpha awesome. Media right near your Kink Studio. Stones throw away from that. That's about what I was going to say here in the Kink Studio. But uh, no, it's it's uh, right at the fork time. I'm Court Johnson, and uh, that's Chris Angeles with uh, Portland Food Adventures. Uh, pretty exciting as things are starting to shape up for these three trips in late summer. You've got going on. You're headed to Spain, Italy, and France this year. Right, not necessarily in that order. No. But uh, with chefs uh, Rick Giancarelli, Aaron Barnett, and Jose Chesa, who is now getting a lot of play with his Chesa in 180, yeah. Portland Monthly just, they didn't say it was restaurant of the year, but they said the place to go right. of the, in the, might of as the well, year. Right might now. as well be that. Right. So Jose, we know is a talent, but more importantly, and all these chefs are great guys, but really fun to be with. And we have 10 days in Spain with Jose. We're, uh, I think we're half full. Mm-hmm. But we've only got two spots left as of this recording yeah. um, to the uh, excursion we're doing to Con Roca, which is the on the San Pellegrino list as the best restaurant in the world. Oh, wow. So that's kind of cool. But there's, uh, we've got a little bit of space left. We'd like to uh, have some more f- fine folks with yeah. us. A poor, but, 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 but I was just going to say PortlandFoodAdventures.com. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, PortlandFoodAdventures.com is where you can get all the information on that. Uh, today's guests, we've got uh, two guests on the show today. Yes, we've been having a lot of yeah. two guests lately. Yeah, and uh, I, I, it, for me, it was a fascinating conversation because rarely do you meet people so passionate about oysters than these two. Yeah, and you know, it was interesting because I was going to point it out, but I'll point it out now. Yeah. When Mylene was mentioning something about their uh, an oyster dinner yeah. that they went to or what they're serving. Right. Melissa was over there groaning and making noises <laughs> like she was so excited about it. Yeah, yeah. but we didn't and, have her mic'd. Right, but so she's heard, here you are living oysters and you've been doing it for a long time and you just hear your your business partner talk about uh, a yeah. certain recipe and mm-hmm. it's just like, mm, she still feels that passionate about it. <laughs> they were... Uh, they were great. I've had the experience of going to Olympia Oyster Bar a few times in the last month. I, it was one of those things where you go yeah. and you like it mm-hmm. and you go back and you go back. And uh, I don't do that a lot. I try to diversify here, but I uh, oysters though when you're when you're uh, when you in the mood when you're in the mood. Well, but when you find a place that does oysters the like well, yeah, then that's what it becomes. Is it comes a go to spot. Well, it's not only that. Yes, they're delicious, but the vibe I just like it. I've had a good time every time I've gone there, whether I've gone with someone or alone. I've had a good time. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and therefore we're doing an event there too, which we'll talk about in the podcast on June sixth. Um, and that's going to be really cool. Very we kind nice. of developed it on the podcast. That was yeah. That was you, interesting. You worked we, out some of the details. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Mylene Chavez, 
and Melissa Mayer of Olympia Oyster Bar, and uh, this was a this was a fun one. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody else has a fun time listening to it as well. We didn't really have two guests at all. We did two years without ever having two guests. Now, well, we had them a couple of times early on. We had, we so. did, we did couples weeks. Um, what brought you to Portland? So all of a sudden, how long ago? How, how long have you been here now? A, a year or two? Since uh, summer of 2014. Twenty, yeah. So it's been two years almost. All of a sudden, I hear these two women I've never heard of before. Which, by the way, in the Portland food scene, is not. You don't have that a lot. Most of, there's a lot of people who either grew up here or started working for somebody else, so you knew them that way. But all of a sudden, these two chicks are here doing oysters. <laughs> and uh, so tell us a little bit about how that came about. Um, uh, and you came from San Diego, so right. why here and not San Diego? <laughs> well, there were a lot of barriers to entry in San Diego. Um, one of them would be... The, um, the alcohol license, which would have cost us at least um, eighty to a hundred thousand uh, dollars, that the, doesn't count the housing costs to live there and do the business. Right, and um, and then you know it's it, it was about the the food scene in Portland. More importantly, that there is so much happening here, um, food centric wise, and um, that the Portlandians. Um, really appreciate food and, and embrace food, and and we also noticed that there weren't any like oyster bars, like like proper oyster bars, but I in Portland, and um, maybe there was a home for us here. And uh, having spent a lot of time along the Pacific Coast, really looking into the the right place to find an, a home for our oyster bar. Um, Portland just spoke to us, and we felt that it was it was just where we could do, you know, Olympia Oyster Bar number one. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, just to add what Melissa said, you know, Portland scene is is such an amazing, amazing place. Uh, there is so much talent, so much um, creative spirit in Portland, and you know, there are some oyster bars in town. And again, we don't want to dismiss that at all. We have huge respect for, for the work that's being done here in Portland, but we felt that there was definitely a niche for, for, for our, our approach to oysters, which is a bit unique, uh, right. which is different. Uh, and we're, we're proud of that. We're, we're, we're uh, slowly uh, engaging Portland in a different way. So when we decided to come out here and, and, and launch this, this brand here in Portland, um, it's just the perfect fit. You know, you have the Puget Sound literally an hour and a half away or less. And we're at the source. We're oh, at you're the fast source. drivers. You're oh, the yeah. kind of driver I like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it takes me about 50 minutes maybe. Uh, but, you know, we're, at, we're, at, we're here at the source. And and to be able to just call the farmers and come go visit, like, for example, Hama Hama, you know, they're just such an amazing family and such an amazing farm with beautiful product that when we just, you know, we're doing the research, we said, yeah, this is a no-brainer. It's Portland or bust at this point. <laughs> so let's go back a little bit. What was your first recollection of hearing about Portland um, at all? Well, actually, um, it was just kind of on a whim. Uh, I had catered a wedding with a friend on a farm outside of Portland and fell in love with the whole scene. Um, like, got off the plane, went to Pock Pock, did the whole, you know, 
I went the to Pop prerequisite Pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things, <laughs> the like, Portland things to do, yeah. And um, and you were listening to Kink too, right? Oh, I'm Kink sure radio? I was. I'm sure I was. <laughs> and I didn't may have not known it, and I do apologize for not knowing that. But um, uh, so it was. It was kind of just like this. Like first impression was really. Um, I fell in love with Portland immediately, and uh, I was so giddy about Portland. And I told Mylene, I said, "We got to check out Portland. Like this place is." crazy and it's got it's like it's the food town and and you know maybe this is this is the place well it's interesting that you would i mean there's two schools of thought there obviously sure it's the place so there's a lot going on which also means that it's crowded right there's a lot and so there's i guess there an argument would be made let's go be a bigger fish in a smaller pond right um i think that that I, I immediately thought of what you were just going to say, like the big fish in the small pond. But having spent so much time in San Diego, being a big fish in a big pond versus being a any fish in any pond doesn't really, you know, it's it's more about it's more about the oyster than anything, you know. And finding a home for Olympia Oyster Bar and putting the, the oyster on a pedestal, so. Portland felt right. Yeah, I think too. I mean, as 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 you know, first time restaurant owners and really taking a huge risk. You know, I mean, the restaurant industry is such a tough and brutal, 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 brutal industry. Is it more and, brutal than you thought it was? Now uh, no. that you've been open for a while. No, I think I expected this. I expected okay. it to be really challenging physically, emotionally, mentally, um, because it is what it is. I mean, you have to come in and and be ready for it. It's you go to battle every day. Uh, we are blessed that we have. The most amazing team. You have a great staff. We have a great staff. You feel great when you go in oh, there, right? And I mean, when you leave, you've been taken care of. Exactly. I mean, they 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 make this ship run, you know, and and they are our our vehicle. They are our biggest asset, and I adore them to death. Um, they're you know kind of our garden angels. You know, they they make it happen every day. And isn't that cool that when you conceive of a restaurant, and the oysters, the oysters, it, and then there's you guys that you know can can. Uh, uh, execute it, but this team you didn't know who they were going to be. Right, when, right. When you right, and start. it's funny because when we were started selecting them, you know, we both really wanted to to create like-minded people, like-minded people with great disposition. They may not have some of them may have not had as much experience as the other, but it's they had the same spirit, they have the same values, the same level of integrity, and they all came together. And they are the just a little family. I mean, they all hang out. They're the best of friends. They hold each other accountable. They hold us accountable, which is great. We hold them accountable. It's really um, a very rare thing. Um, it, it's hard to find good people in this industry, and we have found it. And they are just, you know, it's like I tell them, whatever you want, <laughs> whatever you want. Well, that's a little open-ended. <laughs> <laughs> if I can, if I can, if I can provide, you know, you, you want my firstborn, you can have them. You know, it's like one of those things where you just, you, you take care of your, your good people because they'll take care of you. That's a great idea. I wish I would have made that offer to someone a long time ago. <laughs> no, there were days, there's days where you feel like that. So when we, when you talk about the oyster being king or queen or however you want to elevate it, uh, there are a lot of people that haven't been yet. So let's talk a little bit about, um, what the experience, how the experience differs. You mentioned before, uh, there are others who have oyster bars, but what makes Olympia Oyster Bar? What are you trying to do? What do you want to do we really, that's different? Yeah, we want to offer people the experience of getting to know your oyster. You know, it's, it's 
we present it in different fun ways, um, but we also, it's part education and part experience and really having fun with oysters. I think, you know, the first time person comes in and, you know, they ask if we have a mignonette or they ask for some of these traditional classic um, treatments and we offer something different. Um, and some people, you know, still want what they want and we have huge respect for that because everybody likes what they like. But at Olympia, it's really about experiencing something different. It's about coming in and being treated and greeted with complete familiarity. It's you're coming to our home. You're coming, you're being treated as if you were a guest in our at our table at our home. And we're going to tell you all about the oysters and we're going to answer any questions you have. And most people are interested, which is fun. You know, the Olympia guest comes in and they're really giddy. They're really happy and excited to be there. And that just, it resonates with us. So for us to be able to provide this different experience of offering an oyster in a different way, of offering, you know, the way we shuck our oysters is not necessarily as common here in the States, you know, um, to be able to have our, our you know, our, one of our servers really go through the whole process of cultivation of an oyster. And it's kind of part education, part fun, part familiarity. And you come in and you can hang out for hours. I mean, we have a lot of guests who will sit there for three or four hours and just feel so at peace and so comfortable and so happy to be there. And for us, that's something different that I've not necessarily experienced in many places where you can just feel at, really at home and comfortable. Um, well, that's why I felt, that's why I started Portland Food Adventures because I felt that I'd never been treated like that anywhere or felt that comfortable sitting at chef's counters, which I've done at your place. And, you know, I've been there, I don't know, three times now. Three, and I feel like when I walk in, you know, like, Norm, already. <laughs> right. Um, not Why are so they much, calling you Norm? Yeah, no, well. I hear you. like, that's else? not my name. I'm trying to think of, who, well, this goes for cheers. But I, I, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else from that show I'd rather be than Norm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Probably. Cliff, well, he's, he's just more significant. Thing. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Go, what was the owner of the bar? I, come, I can't think of his name. The uh, Ted. 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 Well, Ted was the uh, actor. Sam. 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 That's what I said. Sam alone. I'd rather be him, but that's not going to happen. Right. But um, at any rate, so that's that's what you have here. And I think that's indicative of Portland. People kind of expect that experience. But I was going to ask you because and I want to touch on it. And I don't know if you have any first oyster moments when you. Well, I just know that I don't know that for a lot of people who like if you're from the middle of the country, I grew up in in the Rocky Mountains in Utah. And so when you had oysters, they were normally Rocky Mountains. Well, they were not Rocky Mountains. I'm sure it would have been a better experience for a lot of people who don't come from coastal cities then the oysters you got were probably the more i don't want to say traditional prepared ones and they were gross they were just they were disgusting and so your experience with oysters wasn't good until you go to like a true authentic oyster bar and you were actually educated which is why i'm excited to hear about this where you're actually it it, it is explained to you how this all works and the different varieties of oysters i i had no idea up until like 10 years ago that there was like so many different i thought there was like one oyster and that's what you got right oh no they're all right do you have have you yet had and it's okay if you haven't because you can go and (laughs) but have you yet had that moment uh, you know, like the sex with oysters, where you thought, "Oh, I totally get this now." Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. Oh, Oyster Nirvana. Yeah, my, my wife and I had it uh, probably three years ago. That, uh, we were eating out for our anniversary, and we had I, it was like a Japanese oyster that was like perfect. Like I don't know, my my wife Komodo. still talks. I think that's what it was. She still talks about it. Yeah, to this so, day. I have. Well, let's go around the room here and do it because I have mine. Mine was, um, you know. I love seafood, and I grew up in the East Coast, so 
lots of great uh, clams. I just love the steamers back there. Sure. I miss them. I, I really don't like manila clams. <laughs> I don't find them that exciting. They're tiny, and there's right, a, right. a lot and of that, work and for that, nothing. That is East Coast versus West Coast. Like, a lot of people who are on the East Coast do love their steamers. Right. They're, they're they make ha- sense. If I had only had manila clams in my life, I'd probably You'd like them. But now, it's right. like, compare it to that, they're nothing. They're just <laughs> sure. like these things. But I do remember, uh, so I was really into clams, fried clams, and there are a lot of places back there. But there's a, a place in Brantford, Connecticut that's fairly well known called the Chowder Pot. And it's a big restaurant, and they have two. But I'd been going there for years, and then and there was this you know oyster bar in front of me, and I never w- ordered them. And so one day I said, the, the owner who I was friendly with said, why don't you have some oysters? And they were... I just remember thinking, holy shit, this is like eating the ocean. And I just, I guess there it was the sound, right? Right, right. um, But it was, wow, I should do this more often. Unfortunately, about, I kept going back. Like we got, (laughs) and like the third or fourth experience, I got two or three bad ones, which I haven't really had since. But it turned me off for a while. Because if you can have, that's the, Inverse of the great experience is the bad experience. So, yeah. um, Anyway, so that was mine at the Chowder Pot, and I've enjoyed them ever since, and love them, and look forward to them. Um, What are yours? Because that's more important. (laughs) What yours were? Let my lean start. Okay. So I'm originally from Baja California. I'm from Mexico. Wait, do that again slower. I'm originally from Baja California. Okay, Baja. From Baja, I'm a yeah, I'm a kind of a (laughs) Tijuana girl, Um, and I grew up by the ocean and. My grandparents um, and my parents, we would go just out, you know, to Rosarito, Ensenada, the Baja Peninsula, and hang out at the beach and literally harvest mussels, clams, oysters straight from the water. We'd get our tapatio, our limes, which is kind of our signature at the restaurant now, and literally just plop those guys open and just enjoy them. And I think I had my first oyster probably when I was five. Um, It was the most exciting experience of my life. It was the ocean. It was that just like that pure, 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 pure fresh bite that you get from an oyster. And it's those memories of having that first oyster and that memory of my family and my grandparents and, and Baja that, that really just comes back to me every time I have an oyster. And it's one of those things that I hold very true and very at the core of who I am, not only as a cook, but also um, in, in what I do every day. And how many oysters a week do you think you consume? You know, it's it's ironic. It's it's like you know the the carpenter who you know has no cabinets in their home. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, you know I do a lot of uh, tasting of oysters, but you know you you get there at the restaurant, you you start prepping, you start cooking, and you just you know you you taste the new batches to make sure they're all pristine. And and but I don't have as many oysters as I used to, ironically. All right, and, <laughs> and we still have to get to uh, Melissa's uh, favorite. Yes. Or her moment, but what's the mo- how many are the most oysters you've ever consumed in one sitting? Because I know I know mine. The oh wow! Um, I think about what fifty six. Oh shit! You beat me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't look like you could beat me either. It was a long, it was a long good day. Yeah, yeah Melissa yeah. and I took a we're uh, doing research and development, very difficult, um, and we were in Paris and literally just had ate a million oysters um, for a few days. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> and Melissa, what about you? Your first oyster moment and then the most you've consumed. Um, you know, it's really funny. I am from the Midwest, so um, oyster moments didn't come until I moved to San Diego. And uh, my first oyster was a Blue Point. And 
What's the name of that restaurant? Is it called Blue Point? Did I have a Blue Point at Blue Point? It couldn't have been that memorable then. So and we I'm need just... to go on to the next. Where was but, it? But that was my my first my first oyster was in San Diego. But did um, you love and it? I was 22 years old. But when was the? Did you? Were you oh, I, I was enamored by oysters. I I. At first bite, love at, at first, first bite. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Even though, like now, I, I, my palate's a little different. But the first time I had an oyster, I was 22, and I fell in love immediately. And I just couldn't get my mind off of oysters after that. Just, really obsessed. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. you're still obsessed with it. So that Very. carried on to this day. Yeah, yeah. Do you, um, you know that begs, you know what Mylene said. This, the the cabinet maker. Do you think there's ever the day that you're going to go? You know what? I'm sick of oysters. No. I can't do this. There's absolutely never will happen. Um, the funny thing is, though, I would love to just sit down to, like, a couple dozen oysters <laughs> instead of just tasting them because it's kind of um, where the, the, the passion came, you know. It's just like I fell in love with oysters. But on a whole scale of, you know, like, just why they are – what they are. It's not so much about the 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 love of of the oyster itself. It's it's the love of what the oyster does that it gives back and that it's the most sustainable creature in the ocean and possibly, you know, for me I say, you What know, makes them so sustainable? I don't know, I don't know the answer to that. Oh, so. oysters oysters give back. They they filter up to 40 to 50 gallons um, of water. Um, and they help the the marine ecosystem in ways that uh, no other creature in the ocean does. And um, they don't require any food. You know, you have to feed um, a chicken. You have to feed a beet. You don't have to feed an oyster. You got to feed a court too. You got to feed, you gotta feed hey. court. <laughs> mm-hmm. Court's hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and um, um, and oysters, they they simply just um, they're part of Mother Nature. And um, I mean, we're blessed to, to be able to to eat them. Um, it almost sometimes feels that we shouldn't because they are participating in nature. Um, are they endangered? I'm sorry, I don't know about this, but that's why you're here. Uh, I... Well, oysters, oysters, eighty-five percent of the oyster population um, is yes, cultivated and farmed, um, and most of it comes out of the United States. Um, so there has been a major, um, outside of the United States, there is definitely an endangerment of oysters. Um, but oh, we're doing okay here? We're doing okay here because um, we're farming oysters. Uh, and uh, the, the government has opened up all of this farmland and given all of these young farmers an opportunity to farm oysters. And so it's the the most sustainable um, agriculture and aquaculture, uh, and it's the number one rising aquaculture within the United States. Um, so uh, by virtue of that, I mean, we're supporting uh, all of these farmers that I always say are doing God's work, um, because without the oyster, I'm not certain um, how the marine ecosystem could exist the way it does. Uh, I have a suggestion. That I, that I didn't want to forget, and so I'm going to mention it right now. While you're talking about the importance of the oyster, um, I don't remember the name of the episode, but have you ever watched The Oregon Experience on PBS? 
on OPB? Um, I have not watched it, but I just saw somebody post it. Uh, so I remember I, about yeah, a year ago, yeah. there was a wonderful episode all about the origin, the discovery of the oyster in Oregon and Washington, and it became there became kind of a war between the two states <laughs> on who was going to sell the most oysters. And um, really, really fascinating because I didn't know, but they they were producing so many oysters that they just couldn't keep up with it. We didn't have Portland then to consume them <laughs> the same way, but they were jarring them and doing every canning them and doing everything they could, but couldn't keep up with it. So I just recommend. I guess it would be a YouTube Google search or go to OPB and look up the oyster, just Google oyster or just search oyster on that show. Yeah. Fascinating um, episode on that. So most oysters consumed, Melissa, in one sitting. No, uh, same thing. I, um, I I believe it was either in Paris or in San Diego um, and it was 56 oysters. And we really. Oh, both of you. You were. Tied? Oh, yeah. We. we each. Okay, well I did just... No, I mean, we were we we <laughs> I never would I would never take the last oyster and you know that. <laughs> That's actually true. Uh, she will always take the last it's an oyster. Understanding that you yeah, always yeah, get the yeah, last yeah. oyster. No, Miley will always take the last oyster. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting how that works. I, my, um, you know, my sons always leave the last half of anything. Right. Because so so you don't want to be the one that takes the... Right. right. Yeah, they don't want to be the one to take the last. It's so hard yeah. to cut an oyster in half and then in half and then in half right. and then in half. Right. So you're just like, no, please. It's so, Sears. So after I discovered them at the Chowder Pot and enjoyed them, that was about the only place... There were other places in Connecticut that I... So there was a place, I don't know if you're familiar, the largest two casinos in the world are in Connecticut. Did you know this? No. Mm. And Jasper White, who is uh-huh. from Boston, opened up Jasper White's Summer Shack, uh-huh. there, which is my absolute favorite place to hang out when I live there, to drive up there, do a little blackjack, and go to the Summer Shack every time. And they had a shucking- Blackjack and Summer Shack. Yeah, exactly. They had a, they had a shucking contest once. And this is before I'd ever, th- I think it might've been the first- food event I ever bought tickets to. And I don't remember, I, I can't remember who I went with. But uh, I did 54. And that's all I could count. We so, got two on you. Yeah, I know. Oh, I have, so um, <laughs> I will come to Olympia Oyster Bar and see if I can up that. But um, but I but it'd have to be, maybe at our Portland Food Adventures event. I think yeah. it's lovely. I think that. it's a great idea. Is there going to be an opportunity for 54? Why not? Yeah. I, I say why not. Okay, well, don't forget we've already gone out there with the ticket price. I understand. I understand. (laughs) But I say let's go for 50. Well, I have to go for 57, right? You do. 57. That's going to be easy. I know I could do that now. Yeah. But, um, uh, and we'll bring Rita, too, because she can do it, too. Uh, Yeah, she loves her oysters. Yes. So, anyway, we'll do it then. We do, we we had a, we may as well mention it, um, because this will run before that, June 6th. June 6th. June 6th, Olympia Oyster Bar, 6.30, PortlandFoodAdventures.com. We have, oh, over a month away, and we still have some space left. But I would imagine as we get closer, closer, we're not going to have much space or any space. How many suits do you have at Olympia Oyster Bar? 49. 49. But it seems a little more intimate than that. The way it that really you have is. It, the way you have it laid out. Right. It's, uh, it's in, and then you've got some, two, some nice seats outside, yes. too. Mm-hmm. All right, so how many months in are you on? With the business, four months and a few days. Four months, and, you're, and who? But who's counting? Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, so, what are some of the uh, the nicest surprises that you have had, and some of the things that you didn't anticipate that 
are the biggest obstacles and things that you've either had to fix or you haven't fixed yet? I think, you know, the, the biggest surprise is just are how enthusiastic, and not even a surprise, but it's, it's, it's a happy, it's a good feeling that how many, the number of guests that have come in and are literally so happy to be there and they come back. Right. And I think as a business owner, you want that. You want people to come back one time, two times, three times. Have you had, I guess this is a nice segue from what we were talking about. Have you seen anyone have their first oyster? Because like, you, you got to have people who bring others who don't really Absolutely. understand the oyster. Yes, we so, have uh, many, many, many oyster virgins. virgins that have come through our doors and leave in a completely with a new whole outlook on life. Um, I and think, are they usually <laughs> back the next day? They're usually that's back. the way it is. It's like oh, sex, back. right? So yeah. you need to have it right away. Right. You gotta, right. <laughs> they come back. They definitely all come back, um, and then they bring their friends. You know, he hasn't had an oyster before, so let's bring him along. And it's really a, it's such a great um, thing to watch people experience that first oyster, because at first they're like, God, you know, I might have had one a long time ago, but like you, you know, it's, they had a really bad one. Um, or they had just a really bad experience with it, and now they taste, you know, beautiful blue pool or, uh, you know, an amazing uh, Olympia oyster, which is our namesake oyster, and they just are transformed, and they are happy to share that love with other people and, and that experience with other people, which is really cool. That's also indicative of of what we're trying to share as well, you know, is that, that oysters are king. And, you know, one of our, one of our best you know, first time oyster consumers um, was um, somebody who worked for us uh, as an electrician and he had never had oysters prior. And then he became one of our bigger, biggest fans, you know, and it's just exciting to see people get that excited about oysters, not knowing that they even existed before in that that mind frame. I find that hard to believe that you know at some you get to a certain age and you wouldn't have known. But again, I think I was around forty when I had that Whoa. experience. So and I'm in, and I eat. I like to eat. So, um, but I wasn't in Portland either. So I was in a place where no one was really encouraging that sort of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I would imagine it's it's got to be really gratifying to see people do that but let me I just wanted to point out because you haven't so I'm gonna I'll give you the opportunity when you go to Olympia Oyster Bar yes there are raw oysters and your signature way of serving it with the lime and the little jalapeno no it's not a it's a serrano. serrano. I keep getting it wrong. Serrano. But, you know, I don't like really spi- super spicy, but you just take that one little pickled slice with the oyster, and it's just perfect. You have it's found the, the it's perfect It's the right marriage. way. But you, what you do is you have a menu where you serve the oyster a number of different ways. It's right. not just raw, raw oysters, which is a great way to it's do it. Oysters but, raw, naked, dressed, yeah. Exactly. So, And I'm sure others do it, but just the fact that you're, that's your thing. And uh, and you're not a cart. You're a brick and mortar. <laughs> you're doing your thing, where you do it in a special way. That's right. so. Just we usually don't talk recipes and f- specifics, but just because uh, I'd like to give anybody listening an idea of what to expect. What are your a couple of your favorite preparations of oysters? Yeah. So one of our stars is the katafi oyster. This is kind of our version of our crisp oyster fried, you know, traditional fried oysters with cornmeal and stuff like that. We, we, we take this oyster and wrap it in a kind of a, a beautiful fluffy f- shredded phyllo dough and we lightly crisp it up 
to where the oyster is still warm but somewhat raw in the middle, so you still get that beautiful briny texture and the texture of the bite of the crispiness and the golden brown texture of that filo dough. And then we finish it off with the beautiful pickled serrano jam, so you get that sweet and sour and spice. And then that smoky avocado puree, so you get that nice fat to it. Um, and then we finish it off with a little bit of a micro cilantro and, and a morimoto dust, which is long shan peppers, and it's just divine. It's the perfect little bite. I love the way you describe your food. I could listen to this all day. And when I've been in there, it's like, keep talking about it. Because right. when you get to the, yeah. the, the Spanish pronunciation, like, give me another one of those, yeah. please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that's, you know, kind of the our, our, one of our signature. But then you have our, our seasonal ones, which right. are really fun. They're really, really fun to, to prepare. Right now we're highlighting, you know, strawberry rhubarb, which is in season. So we make a, a lovely uh, elixir with rhubarb and strawberries, and then we lightly pickle the strawberry with a little bit of spice and a little bit of heat, um, and then toasted quinoa, which gives that nice nuttiness, that nice texture, and then a little bit of ginger, a little bit of serrano as well. I love serrano. You can probably see it all over the menu. It's, I don't know, I should probably name my next restaurant serrano or something, but uh, I love it <laughs> in different ways. And it's just a bright, uh, we finish it off with a little blood orange oil, and you Ooh. get that just gorgeous little sultry tartness from the rhubarb, sweetness from the, the strawberry, that spice from the pickle, and it's basil. it really works beautifully with a little bit of basil, with that brininess and that saltiness of the oyster. It is, it's kind of a savory, sweet oyster, and it's really, really fun and, and really pretty. So you got some, I haven't been there for a few weeks, you got some new things. Yeah, we the, do, the, yeah. That, that, one, that one was coming in. The, uh, the uh, strawberry rhubarb was actually the one of the first oysters we introduced to Portland two years ago. When you And you were doing pop-ups. Right. To start out. That's right. how you introduced yourself. Yeah, we did an event with, um, was it Union Pacific? Union Pine. Union Pine. Union Pine. Thank you. Right. Oh, right. And um, and we did the uh, strawberry rhubarb and the ponzu, and um, but yeah, the seasonal oysters are super fun and very unique. Again, we don't do the, your traditional horseradish or mignonette or. And you don't do it sauce. if someone asks. No, no it's it's sorry. it's best to stay. It's best to stay true to, um, every you know because you can't be something to everybody. I mean, you really want to share what you love, you know, and and so it's if someone were to ask you specifically, I mean, there could be an opportunity to make an exception, of course, but the idea is to um, enlighten somebody in saying, hey, if you've never tried it this way, give it a shot. Mm -hmm. You know, this is our minion yet. This is our horseradish. The horseradish could be the the, the pickled serrano, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, just being open to experiencing it. I mean, if you've, walked, if you've already walked into Olympia Oyster Bar, you, you are perhaps open to uh, different experiences than you've had before with an oyster bar. You know, it's not an end cap. It's it's the it's it's to embrace the oyster. Well, by virtue of the fact that the two of you came here from Southern California and opened an oyster bar, you know it's not going to be the typical. It, and it's Portland, Oregon. It's just that's you know not to expect that. Mm -hmm. So what are what um, what are the responsibilities the two of you have at the restaurant? What are, how do you? Do I I know I know that I've seen Mylene behind in the kitchen behind that, uh, but you know, it's, um, it's just been a, um, a very, um, kind of wild ride trying to do, to define like what all of our roles are and, um, being true to the concept 
and uh, Mylene has helmed the kitchen. And as much as I would love to <laughs> um, cook every day, um, there are a lot of other responsibilities and a lot of different roles that that we both have to play. So who's developing the recipes, though? Who, we we both do. You both do? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you both have. I would imagine mm-hmm. that you had a lot of it developed before you got here. Mm-hmm. And were you doing this together in San Diego for somebody else? This nope. is just I was doing my own thing. What were you What were you doing in uh, San Diego? Um, I had a catering business in San Diego, mm-hmm. and I also worked um, at a resort in Rancho La Puerta in Tecate, in Mexico, in Baja. Uh, it's a beautiful resort. I'm sorry. What was that again? <laughs> <laughs> I have to write Rancho it down Rancho La first. Puerta, Tecate. No, I just like amazing. to hear you say it. <laughs> it's a f- an amazing, amazing um, five-star resort um, with a six-acre organic farm, beautiful haciendas. Um, I had the privilege to work there for, for quite some time, and and uh, work directly with the farm and, and the farmers and just it's an amazing amazing place so while I did that I also had my own catering business that I started developing um, really really fun uh, I enjoyed it I love catering because you do get to be creative and, and cater so to a, an array of different needs and wants so you get to really um, expand your range of, of, of cooking and, and really try new different things um, and a restaurant's a little more structured a little more um, it's about consistency in, in, in certain things but in catering you can Really get crazy and, and, and you know, uh, create some really fun themed themed dinners. How did the two of you meet? So, uh, this was in 2012, I believe, or tw- yeah, 2012. Um, our dear friend of ours, Andrew Spurgeon, who's an amazing chef and he's an event architect, he created, um, along with Cook's Confab, a group of chefs that came together and did these really lavish um, parties, uh, was a Victorian Christmas. So um, I worked the event, helping Andrew out, and uh, met Melissa there. She was working the event as well, and um, Melissa then, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing event. And then Melissa from Oh, there, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Did you, we can't use the word amazing here. You know, oh, that's, that's right. It. You've used it too many I times. I did. You just used you're it like in the same right. sentence. Five times, you're right. It doesn't count, but okay. It was we'll extravagant. Go on. Just a warning. It was extravagant, lavish yeah, there you events go. See, that provided that so much more thrill. Right. <laughs> Sounds better. It does sound better. You're right. It was a 14-course dinner, and the first course was oysters. And um, that was, that's how Mylene and I met. And um, and so how did what do you remember? Was it uh, so? Like, how how did you decide? Yeah. How so, did you get to let's open a restaurant? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, it was crazy. So Melissa had asked me uh, to help her out uh, in a couple other events she was doing, and I said, sure, I'll, you know, I'll help you out. And we just started hanging out and became really fast friends, and and uh, finding out that we had this crazy both very passionate about oysters and seafood uh me with my background and and growing up around seafood i was just really really giddy about it and every event that i did i I was always working with oysters i kind of became known for the you know anybody needed shucking oysters mylene i would get called out hey mylene's there she can help you shuck you know um how many oysters can you shuck in a minute you know, I've never timed it. It's it's interesting. Oh, I've I've never timed it, but I'm getting. Brought I'm, some in. I know, right? I'm, I'm getting better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely getting faster and better uh, each day. My hands are a little uh, messed up, but it's all. Are you, know, are you a good shucker, mm-hmm. Melissa? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've never shucked an oyster. Really? Nope. Well, you gotta Whoa. come in. Well, yeah. Next time I'm in, you're gonna have. We're having an oyster. We're having an oyster um, off. immersion. Yeah. Um, are you just telling me that, or are you yeah. suggesting no, 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 no. that's the name for the? No, we're having an oyster immersion class on um, May fifteenth. You should come out and uh, learn to shuck and learn the oyster culture and 
you know, learn firsthand from the farmer about everything oysters. And I think that's where, like, Mylene and I it, it have those, we get to have those moments where it's not just about work, where we, we get to get, we get to celebrate the oyster, you know, and share our love of oysters with people in a, in a more educational way. And uh, so anyway, that's May 15th with Hamahama. You also, I would assume, do this periodically so that people, mm-hmm. if they look on yes, your indeed. website, which would be www.olympiaoysterbar.com. That's very complicated. <laughs> Somehow, I, when I was there and I was Instagramming, it wasn't coming up. Really? But, well, we had that discussion, right. and then it did. It was just my something, my okay. Instagram. Okay. But, so it's at Olympia Oyster Bar. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. No PDX. Nope. No, Instagram is, is Olympia Oyster Bar. Right. At Olympia Oyster Bar. Done. So you do it periodically, and that's a good thing to do, and I should do it too, because mm-hmm. I, lo- I love oysters, and I love you too, <laughs> so it'd be fun. Right. Um, so, uh, and maybe we can do a little bit of that at our event too. That, that would be fun. great. A little, yeah. a little customer involvement. I know that could get complicated if we have a lot of people, but maybe. You know, it's, it's. Uh, you can do yeah, it. Yeah. And by the way, we haven't mentioned your cocktails are fantastic over there. Indeed. Another reason to go. It's not Indeed. just about oysters. Mm-mm. Well, the cocktails complement the oysters perfectly. Um, they couldn't be a, a, a greater marriage. Um, and really well thought out by Ryan McGarian, um, who did our cocktail culture for us. And um, not not one of those not one of those cocktails misses a beat. They're all perfect. They all make sense. Um, my favorite is the Brown Derby, which I think is just is just so good, and it just really marries um, oysters on a on a m- m- yeah. You're it's off, amazing. You're off oh mic. wait, you're off mic. Oh, you can okay, say it off fine. mic. That's fine. <laughs> And then, of course, the the happy hour margarita, which is perfect as well. And I'm not going to say it. I had that. Amazing. That is very good. No, yeah. you just said it, though. No, I didn't say it. I said I wasn't going to say it. I didn't. Well, you referenced it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> we had, I think when we first started this, who was it that got a little pissed off that we were talking about it too much? I don't remember. Oh, but, yeah. Um, it's a fun thing. I, I think if you force people not to use that word, you get more descriptive. It's it's kind of like you don't serve generic oysters. We shouldn't use generic words. We we we, cer- we certainly don't serve generic oysters. I'm not sure what generic oysters I don't know what are, that is, but no, served them in a generic way. Right, the way you were talking right. about. So right. Um, so uh, what else is going on over there? We don't have much more time, so I just want to make sure you're covering what you want to cover. Yeah. So we are. You know, quickly jumping into spring and summer, and we're um, highlighting some really fun specials throughout the week. Um, Tuesdays is our industry night, so we really love to I've been there a honor. Of yeah, Tuesdays. you By have. The way, there's room at the bar. There is room at yeah. the bar. Yeah. Exactly. We got we to gotta get that developed a little bit, and the prices are my kind of prices. That's why right? I'm there on industry <laughs> night. Right? Exactly. So what do we got? Uh, uh, half dozen oysters for nine. Half dozen for nine dollars. Yeah. A dozen for eighteen, and then Wednesdays it's is our. Earth. Yes, and what does someone need to? How does someone need to prove their industry status? Actually, we're opening it. It's for everybody, but it's to honor industry folks. So okay. anybody, anybody, and everybody is welcome to, there you go. to enjoy that that special. That's a good time to go. Yeah. So we, I went with Rita last time. I think we did quite a few. Kept and you did. That's nice to do when it's that. A nice experiment and try Absolutely. different oysters. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then Wednesdays we have our tostada night with mezcal flight. We have beautiful mezcales from Amaraz. It's gorgeous, gorgeous mezcal. They're just clean and bright and pair extremely well with oysters. So it's 
can enjoy a flight of oysters and uh, margaritas for five bucks and the beautiful mezcal. Wow. So when you go out, where are you guys liking in Portland now? So you discovered you went to Pac Pac when you got off the plane. Now I know I saw you guys at uh, the um, book release party at Ox mm-hmm. and actually went to have some oysters before I got there just to lay the foundation right, before right, all right. that food. <laughs> and now I, I'm just going to mention I went to the... Um, the yes to superbite last night it was the uh uh industry not industry it was just a um preview dinner oh my god that was just fantastic so i'm gonna assume you want to go there but you're ox fans right you're gregory yes yes yeah that was actually uh the second restaurant i ate at and when i landed in portland um and and they have some good oysters there too they do the way bar bar? Yeah. yeah Yeah, I fell fast in love with them, and um, obviously a huge fan of, uh, you know, Toro Bravo. Um, You're giving my best of list. <laughs> it's a good best of list, though. Yeah, it's an easy one. And uh, and then. Are you finding when friends come to visit, this is how you can, this is how you most easily develop your favorite list? Because when someone asks you what your favorite restaurant, when someone asks me, I can't. It's like, oh, there's so many. There's so many. Right. If, if I'm challenged, there's a friend coming to town and they have one, two, three nights. That one's easy. That's easier to come up with the list sure. than where you have to go. Yeah. So what that, I think, for the two of you, I think we, um, we've had some good, really amazing um, lunches at Maurice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably probably my favorite restaurant in town um, just because of, I think, the French connection and just the thoughtfulness um, behind what uh, Kristen does and uh, her small kitchen, what she puts out within within that space. And um, She is, you know, there are a lot of people that are passionate about what they sure. do, but oh my God, she is just like, it's coming from her heart and mm-hmm. you can see it. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, now that I mentioned that, she gave me some gift certificates for a PFA event and they were in the shape of a heart. I love so it. <laughs> that doesn't I just ran across one last night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I recently uh, went to, I'm, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this um, correctly, but it's uh, Verde Gris. Verde Gris, yes. Yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely place. I went there with a friend for brunch and I was happily surprised. Cozy environment, beautiful, just exquisitely executed dish. Um, really lovely place. It was really um, kind of trans, trans. It kind of transported me to somewhere else. It was just a lovely experience. And then, of course, Luches is just this fun, comfortable place where you have long, lingering lunches and, you know, a few bottles of wine. Yeah. <laughs> Five hours later, it's, yeah. it's just a really lovely, I guess, great environment, great service, um, fun little dishes. And um, and that was Luche. That was Luche. Yeah, okay, that just... was Luche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me as well, Maurice. I mean, Maurice is amazing. Um, John's... Uh, Navarre was one of my first favorite restaurants in Portland, and I went back. I haven't been in what for a while, but um, he's he's really talented, and and he, his roots and his heart go to the center of Portland food scene too. He's and you been, can see that. And then of course, you know, talking about heart, you know, Jason French. I mean, Ned Ludd. Yeah, it's Ned like Ludd. that's that place is just all heart. You know, mm-hmm. it's all just at the core of, of Jason and, and his team, and such a just a fabulous place there's such great people and just such pure raw genuine food and that's a place that i would always tell people to come from out of town if they want the portland 
experience, experience. beyond the food it's ex the food is excellent but just right. the the ambiance and the treatment and yeah. the feeling you get even the bathroom right yeah. right exactly well, the bathroom, <laughs> you, could, you could spend a lot of time in that bathroom yeah well have you <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. discover it, all the it's dark but <laughs> no discover all a, the nooks and all the yeah that's we need to have a soundbite the best bathrooms and oh, there we, we haven't yeah. done that yeah that's a great I'll, idea. I'll write it down. Make, oh, make note of good that. Good one, Court. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just a couple more in your neighborhood, because you're in a great neighborhood over on Mississippi, North Mississippi. Yeah, uh, lovely 50s. Uh, I was going to, that was, that was the obvious. Yeah, question. yeah, lovely yeah. 50, 50. <laughs> lovely 50s. Lovely 50, 50. And Radar, you know, I think Radar. And inter, Radar is Inter Urban, people. too. Inter Urban, um, they have really good stuff, you know, and great space, great environment, great cocktails, good, good bar. Um, it's just a fun, good, solid place. Too. Do you ever run up to the food carts for lunch? Oh my oh, God, yeah. Native Bull. Yeah, <laughs> Native Bull. Yeah, we should probably just be, you know, we should invest in in, in stock and yeah, those and guys that. are it's crazy how much we've eaten at that place. Yeah, Native Bull's great. Yeah. Definitely fulfills uh, those. You know, I have five minutes to eat something before I have to continue on a fifteen-hour day. So. so I just want to know when are you going to sit down and have a lot of oysters again? Because you're saying you don't get to do it. That's not that's not right. You need right. to have that experience, right? Right, right. It's true. Maybe, um, maybe my birthday. When's your birthday? May eighth. Okay, mine's coming up soon too. Um, nice. Next week, so oh, wow. I need to find something special to do. Can we do? I think 50, I think you already 50, know. Hey, 50 it's the fifty-seven oyster we'll challenge. It. Yeah, well, for your birthday. When's your birthday? April 29th. April 29th. Well, I know where you're going to be. Yeah, well, we'll see. But I, it's a good idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. Oof. I mean, I don't know if I can afford that, but well, well you know, we could make some exceptions. Okay. Right. We, can, we can take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you want to do if you want to do, how old are you going to be? <sighs> I have to talk about that here. Let's just say <laughs> I'm right at the record. Put it that way. I'm right at the record. That's what I'm saying. So why don't we just do it? All right. It's a great idea. Yeah. Love this podcast. How would you not have? Right. <laughs> um, and I love this podcast. This was great. Yeah, thank you thank so you. much. Thank you, Chris. And thank come, you go any night, but industry night. Meet, and then Wednesday nights. Melissa and Mylene, by the way, and it takes a while to get to the to make sure it's not Maylin. It's Mylene. Mylene. Yep. And I had real trouble with the, I sent you an email, totally Michelle, fine. and then your email is media right, something right. else. So it's all these M's all coming at me from yeah. all directions. So I got it right. I actually got it all right today. So I'm happy and, and everybody would be right to go to Olympia Oyster Bar. Indeed. And uh, check it out. But so industry night is a good night to go. But also our Portland Food Adventures event, they're, mm -hmm. they're really going to get yep. to know you better. Yep. And for June, everybody June that now, one of my, what I love about doing my events is I'll have this podcast to send to everybody who's signed up to go so that they will, by the time they get there, it's a multimedia experience. They will know you two mm -hmm. before they get there. That's, That's part lovely. of the deal. Oh, Corey, are you going to come to this one? We haven't been in a while. I probably should. I'm going to put the pressure on you right, right. June 6th. For you and I'm, Randy, I'm you and Randy need to get thinking in my head right now, I don't have a dance competition that weekend. <laughs> I might be able to pull this off. Just so everybody knows, it's not court dancing. Don't have that vision. <laughs> no, it's not my girls. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right